What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this show, and I'm one of two, I believe, MCs for the Fantasy Football Today Telethon Part D. Taking place on Thursday evening on CBSSports.com and on the CBS Sports app. It's going to be incredible from noon until 6 p.m. So it's actually all day Thursday. Uh, six continuous hours of us answering your questions about fantasy and having some good old shenanigans. I'll be there. The Pick 6 Podcast crew will be there. Danny Cannell, Brian McFadden, former NFL players Roddy White, Eddie Lacy, Dwayne Bowe, and we just heard Matt Forte. That's one of the best Bears running backs, at least in my lifetime. I didn't want you to talk. I'm no. still doing a promo. Um, We'll have our friends from the industry like the fantasy footballers joining the fun as well. It's a great time for a great cause. We're raising money for St. Jude. Raised 13000 bucks last year. A lot of stuff off for auction. You can join the Fantasy Football Today podcast league. Um, you can like uh, you can go on a date with Adam Azer's cats. Uh, lots of fun stuff. Noon to 6 p.m. Eastern, CBSSports.com, and through the CBS Sports app on your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, or Apple TV. And there will be another MC there. It's not just me. It's Dave Richard. What's up, Dave? Will, I am looking forward to emceeing the telethon with you. It was so much fun last year. It was. And it was really, really exciting to raise all that money for a great cause. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is really an incredible place where kids really get a chance to feel better. And the chance for people who play fantasy or listen to the pick six it's a way to give back. Yep. And it could be just a little bit. Like 10 bucks. It, yeah, like it can be less. A dollar. Yeah. yeah five dollars. It really could. And it, it really goes to a great cause. So yeah. I'm really excited to, to, to don my tuxedo and to get our, uh, our groove on again. I don't know if we're actually going to groove, but we're going to we'll have, have, have a great time. And gear. let's also not forget, like it, it sounds great. We're going to help people win their fantasy drafts. Yes. Win their fantasy leagues. It's going to be a great time. There's no one who will lose. From watching this telethon. You no already one. heard his voice, but he's also in the podcast room in Fort Lauderdale with us, and I shushed him during my promo read. Sean Wagner McGuff. Am I allowed to talk now? You may talk. Okay. You may, you may speak. Uh, let's, we're going to blitzkrieg some news and notes really quickly. This is the fantasy week of the podcast. We had, uh, Jamie Eisenberg on previously, Heath Cummings, Adam Azer, uh, and Dave Richard, of course, one of the many superstars on our roster. <laughs> Amari Cooper admitted he's ner- it's freaking Cowboys. Get so sick of Cowboys news. But this is kind of scary. We talked about this on FFT uh, Fantasy Football Today. You should subscribe to that. If you're not, it's a great daily fantasy podcast. It will help you win your league as well. Um, they, they were kind enough to let me co-host, to let me host one episode. That's crazy. Uh, and then I appeared on the, the mock draft edition with you and Adam Azer and Heath Cummings on uh, Wednesday morning. This is the Thursday show that we recorded on Wednesday. We m- talked about this. Amari Cooper admitted he is nursing plantar fasciitis. Uh, Dave, what are your expectations for Amari Cooper and where are you looking to take him? I'm looking to, I would prefer to take him in round four, but if it's late round three and I really need a wide receiver, sure. I'll take him. I love the way that he played in Dallas and the way that Dallas used him. Remember how his targets were always up and down in Oakland? Yeah. Seven or more targets in nine of 11 games mm. with the Dallas Cowboys. You, you can't get much more consistent than that. Yeah. I think he's a candidate for 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. That wow. was his 16-game pace in the 11 games he played with the Cowboys last year. And that they, includes the playoffs. They made, it clear, they made it clear they were going to feed him, too. And and I think it's clear that they like him. I think that the additions of Randall Cobb and Jason Witten are going to help open things up a little bit for him so teams won't double-team him as much. 
And in the event that Ezekiel Elliott doesn't play from the jump, that team's going to throw a little bit more than they were probably intending to. And I love their new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. I don't know what you guys know about him. Floppy hair, Boise State, left-handed, <laughs> soccer-style kicker. Son of a coach who has been collecting playbooks since he was a wee child. Creative, creative play caller, innovative play caller. It, I, I think that this Dallas offense is going to be a lot of fun to watch, especially in the red zone this year. Amari Cooper would benefit a lot from that. Hopefully he's ready to go for week one. Any concerns that the Cowboys are going to lose the first three games now, that everyone's hurt and everyone's leaving? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's funny that, you know, Dave is mentioning, you know, Kellen Moore is a positive. For me, he's the biggest unknown when it comes to Amari sure. Cooper because what I'm concerned about is we're still going to see that run uh, first attack that really limits and, you know, limits Dak Prescott to a third down and long passer, which, um, you know, isn't the kind of situation an offensive coordinator should be putting a quarterback in. The other thing I'm a little bit concerned about with Amari Cooper, his targets went up, sure, in Dallas, but for me, he's always been that guy throughout his career who, you know, if he's going to get you 150 yards or he's going to disappear and get you 18 yards. And if you still go through his game log, he finished the year, you know, with 32 yards against the Colts, 20 yards against Tampa, uh, 31 yards against the Giants. So, I mean, I think by the end of the year, he's going to get those stats. I'm worried about the game-to-game consistency. And for me, when I play fantasy, that's what I'm looking at because I don't want a guy who's right, going to get you sure. 20 points. And then two points the next week. I, sure. I want the but guys there, getting you 10 and 10. And there aren't a lot of guys that are like that. True. There aren't a lot yeah, of guys yeah, yeah, that yeah, can get yeah. you 10, 10, 10, 10. Every, yeah, maybe in full I mean, PPR. To, yeah, to be clear, I'm not saying don't draft Murray Cooper, but he's not for me right. in that elite you, you know, know and, and I And he did do that a little bit with Dallas. And he did that a lot with Oakland. Yeah. And I just I, I don't see it happening as much. I think he'll be a little bit more consistent. Sean, okay. I think you'll be happy with him. And you talk about Dallas losing their first three games. Do you know who they play? It's, yeah, it's the Giants, it's the Redskins, and it's the, the Dolphins. Dolphins. If they lose those three games, Jason Garrett is going to get fired. If they, Jason Garrett, Garrett's getting fired, and Zeke is getting whatever he wants. <laughs> right? If he's if he's missing, I don't know if he's getting fired after three games, but he's getting fired. If by they the lose end of the all year. three of those games, he's getting fired, and Kellen Moore's a new head coach. I think that's where they might be headed. I, this is what happened to Wade Phillips and Jason Garrett I previously. Yeah. It's reeks of like soon I will have a new apprentice, <laughs> Jerry Jones, my little precious. Uh, Jerry Jones also said we can't do a Zeke update without talking about Jerry Jones and Zeke. Uh, when you know, when told that Zeke Elliott was not happy about the Zeke who comments, Jerry Jones told John Machada, good friend of the program of the Athletic, that I've earned the right to joke with Zeke. Let me be real clear about that. I've earned the right to joke with Zeke. And he may have just said that to all reporters, but you know, he did the point. Uh, so good. With lots of friends who were reporters uh, with the Cowboys. So we have so many friends on this program. I don't. Think that Jerry Jones should be talking as much as he talks. <laughs> I'm big, glad big, you think that. Bold take, for instance. I'm glad you think. <laughs> that. I've earned the right to tell Jerry Jones how I feel. Right. Well, good luck with that. Good luck um, getting Jerry Jones to to pipe down. Yeah. Uh, but it is the most serious tone I feel like he's had about the Zeke situation since it started, and it's 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 racking my nerves a little bit as somebody who wants to rely on Ezekiel Elliott. On my fantasy team, as someone who wants to see this Dallas Cowboys offense take the next step, I'm clearly a Kellen Moore fan. It's going to be a little bit harder for him if Ezekiel Elliott isn't there, and Zeke's a great player, but he's been a headache off the field. So I, I think that that could be a sticking point in giving him a huge truckload full of money is, well, they, they probably need to caution some things and maybe put something in there that says, all right, well, Zeke, if you get in trouble with the league, you're going to lose some money or we have the right to cut you and you owe us money. And I bet that that's a, 
I bet that's a sticking point, I would say. Sure. I'm, I am a little less confident after hearing Jerry Jones say what he said about him being ready to go for week one. As we're recording this, we're inside of three weeks before that first game against the Giants. Mm-hmm. It's, it's starting to look a little messy. Jerry Jones also said, joked at the Jalen Smith press conference, this is a contract story. Y'all been badgering my ass to get a contract story. This is a contract story. Pretty good, Jerry Jones. That huh? sounded like it. Thank you. Are, are you really, sure you're? I'm, it's, look, it's training camp, baby. I'm getting locked in for Jerry Jones. Um, gotta have a lot of Jerry Jones quips coming up. Uh, the Jalen Smith contract, and we don't want to linger on this because we talked about it yesterday, but, uh, the Jalen Smith contract was, it's now, if you look at it, I was talking to Mike Garofalo about this, the full details of it, it it's an $11.5 million a year deal. It is less than what Luke Keekley signed for in 2015. Um, that's not how the market works. Jalen Smith was going to be an RFA. He wanted to get paid. This is a, a shot to Zeke Elliott. Yeah, and it's not a fair shot because these two deals aren't are totally are Zeke, not comparable. Yeah. Zeke is going to be he wants to be the highest paid running back. Right. And Jalen Smith had was, to, he didn't have that leverage because he's never gotten paid because of the injury, which you know made him drop out of the first round. So he was yeah. just looking for some security. I mean, he's he, he was under, a restricted under, free agent after the year. Yeah, he was an RFA. Like he he was going to get a first round tender, which is like two and a half million dollars. He. He, Jalen Smith wanted to get money in his pocket and he loves the Cowboys because they took a chance on him. Zeke loves the Cowboys too, but I mean, like, this is clear. They, 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 they said the numbers at the, at the, at the, they were like, five years, 65 and a half million dollars. Look at that. Just take it like a team. You know, gotta be a team player. Take, 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 take the money. Now you're starting to sound a little bit more like Carton. <laughs> he can only go in like short, short right, 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 you know, right. you can't overdo it. Yeah. And the other thing about Jalen Smith is that, He's a linebacker. He can get another contract. This might be Zeke's, you know what I mean? Last, you know, it's a running back. People don't, they're not paying 30 year old running backs. So I literally have a, an email from my, from our boss who's like, stop talking about the stupid Cowboys news. Not right now. Just like before this. So we're going to stop. We're going to move on. We're going to talk fantasy. Um, unless there's some other news. Eh, nah, there's not really a bunch of other news. Let's just get to these. Uh, let's get to the, these names. All right, Dave. Uh, first we are going to do. Names that this is the bust, bust, sleepers and bust podcast. So Dave is going to give us some names first. And then after Dave gives us the names, we'll run through a list. I will give Dave some names. So first, Dave, do you want to give me your sleepers or your bust? Well, I, and I think sleepers is like good and bust is bad. So you right. have to go sleepers, right? And, and I always like to have fun with you on the pick six podcast. Of course. You do not know any of the names. I do not know any of the names. Sean also does not know any of the names. Right. I am now going to hand you. A piece of paper with my sleepers on it. Okay. I want your reaction in real time. Okay. On the podcast. You are not allowed to turn this page over, by the way, okay. because busts are on the other side. Okay. okay. So they are at the bottom of the page. This is fun. Sleepers. What? This is not the right list. Yeah. These are sleepers? Those are sleepers. I actually baby. like, I actually like a lot of these guys. Uh, don't look at, don't turn it over. That's a little nice cheat sheet you got there. Do you distribute that to listeners? We do. Oh, you should yeah. check that out. It is yeah. the ultimate draft day cheat sheet that we are providing for anybody who has a printer. CBSSports.com. You also have to have printer fantasy. ink. All right. So the names on the list, which we could have read since this is an audio podcast, are let's start. Who's first? Let's start with let's start with Darwin Thompson, who's a name that I've talked about a lot. This is the Kansas City rookie running back. They took him with a six-round pick, but when you watch him play, he doesn't look like somebody that you would take in the sixth round. Short but stocky, very good speed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can he will win the edge on outside runs frequently at the pro level. He already did it twice in the preseason game against Pittsburgh, which I was at. He also is a better pass protector 
than almost any rookie in the class. Mm. Go back and look at the touchdown that Chad Henney threw to McCole Hardman. He laid a block on a rusher that helped set up that touchdown. If he's not there or if he's bad with the block, Chad Henney's head is in the next week. <laughs> I'm serious. No, he, I believe you. I think people sleep think on how important that is, pass protection for a rookie running back. It backs. gets them on the field exactly. faster, exactly. and that's the huge key. There isn't a thing that Carlos Hyde can do that this guy can do better. He can drag tacklers. He's very physical, even though he's short. He doesn't have the, the, the size of Damian Williams, much less Carlos Hyde. But I love the idea of drafting him in that round 9, 10-plus range. And there are going to be people in your draft who just don't have any idea who he is. He could end up taking over for Damian Williams as soon as Damian Williams struggles or as soon as Damian Williams gets hurt again. So it's, I'm not going to call Damian Williams a bust. I still like him in round three, but Darwin Thompson, somebody I'm trying to get onto all of my teams. Hmm. Next name, kind of in a similar vein, Justin Jackson with the Chargers. This will obviously change if Melvin Gordon ends up coming back to the Chargers. I know he's holding out too. If he doesn't, I think Justin Jackson could end up being a seven touchdown, 800 yard total type of running back over the first 10 weeks of the season. He is one of, and we mentioned this on FFT, but um, I agree completely with it. And I, I used this in a recent draft is he is a perfect zero RB candidate. I don't know if he's the perfect zero RB candidate. He's like a 10th round pick and he Melvin Gordon shows up the Saturday before week one and he vaporizes. You can't well, use I told him. Melvin Gordon like hurts his hamstring. Well, I mean, uh, maybe, and that's possible, but then Melvin will still come back and you'll have a Band-Aid running back to use yeah. in his place. Let's put it this way. If, if you're inclined to draft Melvin Gordon. He's a really nice lottery ticket. He's a really nice lottery ticket. He's not the best of the lottery tickets, but if you're so inclined to draft Melvin Gordon, don't get Austin Eckler to go with him unless it's just, you know, round nine on Eckler. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Someone's going to take him sooner than that. Jackson's the one you want to get. Between those two, some of them's going to play every week. Jackson's a better goal line back than, than Melvin Gordon. How many more of these do you want? Do you want all of them? Uh, who's next? Um, Kyler Murray. Here, why don't I look at the list and I'll go through. Remember, don't turn it over because that's where the busts are. Don't do it. Well, You'll well, ruin the well, podcast. Well, so we mentioned, um, I just started with the first two running backs and perfect. then I went to and then we'll, Kyler yeah, Murray. We'll so I'm Kyler bouncing Murray. around on the list. The top two names on the list are tight. Well, Kyler Murray is the only, yeah, no, I, I'm aware they are tight. Uh, but Kyler Murray I'm is the, uh, <laughs> who the hell is Darren Waller? Uh, Kyler, no, <laughs> Kyler Murray is, um, is, uh, is the only quarterback on the list. Are you not concerned at all about his preseason? No. And what are you no. looking, what are you looking to see for him this weekend when he plays in, I, in the week three preseason? I expect him to look bad again. He's playing against the Vikings in Minnesota. Mm, and that's fair. a first string defense that's ready to go if you watch them play against Seattle. I would be, I would be pleasantly surprised if he actually so do you, played so you, well. So do you actually like this preseason performance? Because it's, it's sinking his draft stock. Uh, yes. That's the reason why I like it is okay. because it's sinking his draft mm. stock. And, and I can't say that I would draft Kyler Murray as my only quarterback. I would want to have a second one ready sure. to go in case he gets absolutely annihilated week one against Detroit. Which that would be happen. very bad. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I know that defensive line for Detroit's good, but behind it, I don't know what they have. The offense that they've been running is not the offense that you'll see during the regular season. It's an offense mm. that Kyler Murray has played in his entire college career. He is one of two players in the history of college football to have 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards in the same season. It would not shock me if he did that in the NFL. 4,000, 1,000? 4,000, 1,000 in the NFL. You're going to say no, no, no. The 4,000 is obviously the easy part. The 1,000, I think, could be the harder part. Easy relative, but... 
Four thousand is pretty. Four thousand yards is pretty easy to do, especially when you're going to throw it as much as he's going to throw it because that defense is terrible. The offensive line's bad. I expect it to get a little bit better than what we saw in the preseason game. It's decidedly below average. There's no doubt about it. How do you? But they work. They they'll work around that. And this is going to be an offense that's going to put up a lot of yardage. Are you investing in the Cardinals? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were on the podcast yesterday, and I was talking about David Johnson, I thought, could Mm -hmm. be the number one fantasy running back. And look, if I think that, I also think a lot of his yards are going to come through the air. So I'm very high in Kyler Murray, especially from a fantasy perspective. And look, I don't know if he's going to get to a 1,000 yards like Dave just said. Uh, but his rushing ability is what makes him such an intriguing guy, kind of like the Lamar Jacksons. Um, you know, even if they're flawed as passers, we saw with Josh Allen. Josh Allen completed what percentage of his passes? He was still a top 10 fancy quarterback yep. because he was running the ball every time. I would rather have Kyler Murray than Josh Allen. Oh yeah. Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson? Probably Lamar Jackson. I'm going Kyler. But, but I can see the argument for Ky- I'd Kyler. Be, I would be happy with either one of those guys. Murray or Ben Roethlisberger? Murray. Ooh. I'm drafting for upside. Ben Roethlisberger, but... Kyler Murray or Drew Brees? No one wants Drew Brees right now at all. They're, I, right, they're right I'm, next to each other on uh, the, the consensus CBS rankings. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about Brees after what we saw post-Thanksgiving with his deep ball. I'll say Kyler Murray. His Brees attempts have dropped each of the last three years as the Saints' record has gotten better. That defense is hurting him. I'm taking Kyler Murray. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's talk some wide, wide receivers. Remember, Will, this isn't about what players have done in the past. It's about what's going to happen this year. It's forecasting. Sure. And, and I'm forecasting a big, I, I think it's the learning curve for a typical rookie quarterback. It, you know, it bends like a beach ball. But for Kyler Murray, it's going to be like, I don't know. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Like okay. no audio podcast. I know, <laughs> I know it is. That's why I said it like that. I'm trying to think of like your stomach. You don't have a big stomach. You've got a little bump, little bump yeah, going there, right, a little right. baby bump. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a soccer player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's Kyler called the Murray's. IPA bump. My my <laughs> my bump is like what a what another like Dwayne Haskins. That's that's my bump. I like right to say here. I have a very small bell curve. Yeah, okay, and I've got a humongous one. So no, I've got a Dwayne Haskins. You have a Kyler Murray. Um, all right, wide receivers: Deshaun Jackson, yes, John Brown, yeah. James Washington, Cole Beasley, Randall Cobb. Paris Campbell, give me two names that really intrigue you on that list. I'll throw it to Sean for two more. How about Cole Beasley? Because that's one that people look at and say, "Why the? What am I going to do?" By the way, by the way, you can get all these guys in round nine or later. Nine plus. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun Jackson maybe goes like nine. Yeah, like these guys are dirt eager Eagles fan or me. I don't think Cole Beasley is being drafted. I don't think he is either, but he's going to end up being the check down. He's basically going to be the tight end for the Buffalo Bills this year. Yeah. And we've seen it in the preseason where Josh Allen is trying to refine his game. And, you know, some quarterbacks, their check down pass is a bomb. Like Deshaun Watson to Will Fuller when when the pressure's mm-hmm. on or he can't find Deshaun, DeAndre Hopkins open, he's throwing it deep. Cole Beasley is the 102nd wide receiver being drafted. Okay, so literally players. the last guy that you can take on your team. Wouldn't take he's, him in a non-PBR. He's going four wide receiver spots ahead of Laquan Treadwell. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing here, people? Who's drafting Laquan Treadwell? Exactly. So exactly. Beasley, Beasley, we talked about consistency, Sean, and how you're looking right. for those cheap, easy points in PPR. Cole Beasley's going to have a floor of five catches and 50 yards each week. Mm. Half PPR, that's seven and a half points. Full PPR, it's 10 plus. I don't think he's going to score very many touchdowns, but I think he's going to continue to gobble up those short area targets and be a better slot receiver in Buffalo than he would be in Dallas. I know there's a little bit of injury concern with him, but if he gets hurt after a couple weeks, you just cut him and you find somebody else. Yeah, and Cole Beasley has spent a lot of the offseason, I feel like, talking about how his route tree is really limited 
by Dallas, and he, you know, had really? this, he talked about how the targets are like dictated by like the GM and the coaching staff. I mean, basically, like, when Amari got traded, it was like bye bye Cole, right? Yeah. And so right. he's talked about. I feel like how he's getting more freedom. Um, I think it's interesting. You have so you have Cole Beasley on that list, who is like you mentioned five catches, but I mean, 50 right? Yards. Yeah, but I mean that's super deep. And the, right. when I say a sleeper list, I'm talking about yeah, yeah, late but, round. Yeah, yeah, guys. But you compare that to someone like Deshaun Jackson, and for me, he would he would be on my list of sleepers. Yes, but it's the complete opposite. You yes, know what I mean? it's not exactly. going five for fifty. He's going two for eighty. He's seven. the guy that you put in your lineup when you need to have a jolt of caffeine. He's either going to give you the jolt of caffeine, and your fantasy team's going to run away because he catches a bomb for a touchdown. Or he gets two catches for 25 if you go, yards. If you go it. running back heavy in your draft and you're looking for yes. – Like Deshaun is a guy I want yes. to supplement because you're gonna have a, you, you have a nice floor with your running backs. And then you start Deshaun, especially against bad passing defenses, and he's going to put up big numbers. And we can say the exact same thing about John Brown. Two Buffalo sure. guys yeah. on any yeah. list is probably a bad idea. But John <laughs> Brown has worked really, really well with Josh Allen during training camp in the preseason. The Bills have talked about how good of a route runner he is. I'm trying to remember. I think this is the exact stat. John Brown, last 17 touchdowns, how many of them were deep balls? How many of them were in the red zone? 17. <laughs> uh, 15? 15 16. were bombs. 13 were red zone touchdowns. Wow. 13 of 17. So you think about John Brown and all, all he can do is run the nine. He can work in short areas too. And he got off to a great start last year in Baltimore with Joe Flacco until Lamar Jackson went under right. center. And then his numbers deflated like a balloon. So I think that there's room. If, if you miss on Deshaun Jackson, wait two rounds, draft John Brown, almost the exact same thing. I, I like the quarterback situation in Philly. Yeah, a little bit better than it is in, in Buffalo. Deshaun Jackson has led the NFL in yards per reception four times in his career. I mean, if you go... 18.9 last year as a 32-year-old. If you have his numbers in front of you, I do. look at what he did in, in his first year. with Michael Vick. No, first year in Washington. <laughs> uh, first year in Washington. Yeah, uh, 1,169 yards. 20.9 yards per catch. I think that's what you're looking for. Yep. I don't, I don't know if he's going to get much more than a thousand yards, maybe, but I think that he's going to have, I think he's going to have a better than you expect year. But it feels like people already dismissed him and it's not like he, he actually had a better 2018 season than he had a 2017 season, yeah. which is funny because I feel like going into last year's draft, he was being talked about as this decent option with Jameis. You know Jameis. what? Right. And he and Jameis just could not hook up. I believe of the, of the 10 catchable deep ball targets he had, he caught nine of them. He also had like 14 uncatchable deep ball targets, and most of them were from Jameis. Most of his good numbers on with deep balls, Patrick. yes, <laughs> not from Jameis Winston. And I think, just a side note, I think the Bucks realize that, and that's why they're trying to get Jameis to check it down a little bit more. It's part of the reason why I think Chris Godwin is going to be a huge breakout wide receiver this year. But we're not talking about that. Also, Paris Campbell is on the list. He's hurt right now. No one's drafting him. I love the fit. When everybody's healthy in Indianapolis, sure. it's probably something we're not going to see until 2020. It's a, it's a, probably a deeper league situation, like a 14. I, I drafted him in our dynasty league. Will I, oh, yeah. I? I was planning on using him as a starter this year. Yeah, can't do it now. And you just because won't trade me George Kittle. I, I will trade you George Kittle. I need a great receiver and more in return. I've got a tight end ready to go if I trade George Kittle. Who's your tight end? Oh, he's got Mark Andrews. I've got Mark Andrews. I've got Ian I made Thomas. An offer great a great. You have Ian Thomas, dude. Yeah, um, you I made a great. Uh, not for not for like a great receiver. To... I'll I'll take a warm body for Ian Thomas. Maybe let's do this off the pod. But yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm interested here. Uh, Randall Cobb, by the way, going 253rd overall. I like him as well. I think there's just especially if the running game is same there. thing as right, same yeah. exact thing as Cole Beasley. Yeah, short area target. A little bit worried about his consistency compared to Beasley. Believe it or not, but 
I think he might have a little bit more upside but, over the these, balance of the season. He's got a little bit more speed. But these are also guys that you want to fill out the back end of your roster in half point and full point PPR leagues because they can, they're going to have high floors. Right. Week to week. Right. Maybe they're not going to blow the top off, but they can help you out. Right. And in, in the case of Campbell, Cobb, Beasley, those guys are around. They're, yep. they're literally like last pick guys that no one else in your league is going to think about. Well, let's uh, take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll look at Dave's bust. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Dave's bust with an S, not Dave's bust, because they have a bust of you out here. No, they don't. They have a bust. Fantasy legend. If they did have one, it would be made out of cheese or chocolate, and I would eat it. Would you eat your own face? I would eat my own face. Um, who If they were doing a CBS Sports Mount Rushmore, who is on the Mount Rushmore? It's like you, Dennis Dodd, Pete Prisco, and Gary Parrish? I, Prisco's going to be on there. It's sort of, Dodd's it's not, going to be on there. It's not like the greatest because if it was the greatest, I mean, obviously I'd be on there, there too. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I'd be on there. I mean, I've been here a long time, yeah. but I don't know if that's a prerequisite. I think I'm like the. I mean, the guy who hired me is still here. Would he go on? Uh, no, it's just talent. Oh, no, okay. not, but he's a talented <laughs> guy. He's a good. He's a hard worker. Don't talk bad about Larry Divac. He's a good guy. I'm not talking bad about Larry Divac. I appreciate him hiring me back. The in guy who hired me is still here. He can't get rid of him. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out just how closely he listens to this podcast. He, yeah. he'll, he actually, he'll laugh he actually, at that. He actually like made that. a reference to something I said yesterday about Adam Azer, so he'll, he will laugh at that. Yeah. Uh, it's Eric Hay. We talk about him all the time on this podcast. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about your – by the way, I, I think I am the fourth longest tenured non-fantasy writer at CBS now. How long have you been here? Next year will be 10 years. Where's my crystal? Yeah. You should you should have some I'm sort go to of Dodd's tip. house and steal his crystal and write my name on it. Uh-huh. All right, It'll I'm going to flip garage. this. I'm going to flip this over and look All at the right. bus. The Ready? bus are on the other side. Here we go. Paper, which I guess I could have looked at online because you can get it online as a cheat sheet. They're right there. <laughs> that was my reaction to Todd Gurley. That was a fake reaction. Yeah, it was fake. Obviously, 
But I agree with you on a lot of them. Uh, Todd Gurley, who else? Oh, see, Sean's giving some natural reaction at least. Well. I'm I'm interested in in Kareem Hunt and because I feel like the value that you're getting for him because he's not going to later in the draft yeah. in mid, middle rounds right. that I well, kind of like. Well, him. here are the running backs that are on Dave's bus list, and there are a lot of them. And you're a running back guy, Dave. Always like you you've. You I were, have. You were you pioneered the don't make sure you draft running backs. And a lot of people were did. Uh, and I've always been able to yeah. snuff out good ones. Uh, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Aaron Jones, Darius Geis, LaShawn McCoy, Kareem Hunt. And those are the running That's backs. It. That's a big list of running backs. Yeah. I think there's literally how can two McCoy wide receivers. How, can, how can Shady be a bust in like the 10th round? Because I don't think he's going to be any good. I just, think, I, I just think he's kind of cashed at this point. Okay. I'm 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 interested in seeing Devin Singletary. That's another one of those round ten, round eleven type guys. That so if you've got, a, I, I, if would, you've got a, I would invest in and see what happens in the first month of the year. Sean McCoy had a terrible rushing average last year. It wasn't good the year before 3. that. Three point eight yards per. This year. team is trending toward passing. Frank Gore is now on the squad. Singletary is on the squad. He's the, How many games is Sean McCoy going to be somebody that you're going to look at and say, "I want to start him"? The answer is going to be probably okay. less than one. He's the 40th running back off the board. He's coming off the board after your boy Dave Royce Freeman, who you wouldn't save if he was drowning. I would take I w- I would save him if he was drowning, but I wouldn't put him on my fantasy team. Uh, I-, I would take Lashawn McCoy over Royce Freeman. Freeman should be on the list as well. Yeah, but yeah, it's, you had to pay, like he's it's basically he's going he's the uh, 40th running back off. Then you got Peyton Barber after that. I mean, he's basically going at the same price as Kyler Murray, uh, Kalen Balaj. So you'd rather have Kalen Balaj than Lashawn McCoy? Easy. Peyton Barber than Lashawn McCoy? Yeah. Ronald Jones, Lashawn McCoy. Yeah, that one's going to be a little bit closer. Uh, Matt Breida. I'll take Shady. Okay, all right. So that's that's the drop off. Melvin Gordon is pretty obvious, right? I mean, it's just it's the holdout. And what happens when he does come back? How many times have we seen it where a running back holds out, then shows up, and he's not quite in tip top shape for football? I feel like I, this was my argument in the first segment for Justin Jackson. Mm-hmm. Why you like Justin Jackson? That's right. Except the difference is that I don't think. Melvin Gordon would sustain an injury serious enough to cost him half the season. Okay. I think it could cost him a game or two. Usually it's just, you know, hamstrings. What round, Sean, are you willing to take Melvin Gordon in? Is he off your board? He's mostly off my board. He's mostly off my board because, and I also think it's funny how the narrative shifted last year with Melvin Gordon because it was always, this guy is not efficient at all. If you look at his yards per touch, 3.8, 4.8, 4.6. Last year was only the first year he was actually efficient. From a real life, you know, he was always putting up fantasy numbers outside of his rookie year when he didn't score a touchdown. But his touchdowns always kind of propelled him into fantasy relevance. Last year was actually the first year that I think people started calling him a top-tier running back. He averaged 6.1 yards per touch. So you add in he's only done that once in his career. You add in the the whole potential holdout into the regular season. The fact that they have two other backs, I think, that people feel pretty confident that they're capable enough to carry the load without him. He's off my board completely. I don't want him. Yeah, I would probably need him to fall to me in the fourth round, late in the fourth round for me to take Melvin Gordon. And even then, I wouldn't even right. And if you were drafting with us, you'd get him for sure. You'd get him. I'm um, I'm I'm in round five land with him, um, which is going to look dumb if he shows up before the season. And he says, "Okay, ready to go. Let's go." Maybe gets a few practices in. At that point, I think you got to look at him and say, "All right." Top 24 type of player once he's back with the Chargers. But that's a big if at this point. Well, that's sort of my thing is like, especially when you look at like, like, uh, you know, if he's going in the late third or early fourth, 
you're passing up like Chris Carson, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Kenny Galladay. I mean, even like Brandon Cooks. I'd rather have David Montgomery than Melvin Gordon. Yeah, of course, because you know that he's going to play. Let me also lay out Derek one more Henry thing. Derek Henry or Melvin Gordon? I think I've got Henry ranked ahead of him. Okay. This Chargers franchise does a lot of stuff wrong. <laughs> yeah. When when Ladanian was washed, they drafted Ryan Matthews. Yep. When Ryan Matthews was washed, they drafted Melvin Gordon. I think that they know when a running back's timer goes off and they're at the point where they're going downhill. Mm. And I think that that's part of the reason why they're not willing to give Melvin Gordon sure. a huge extension. The fact that – Also, Sean pointed out like he's just not efficient. Like, sure. But, so the $10 million thing – like, uh, Right. It's not $10 million. They are They are willing to buy him out of his fifth-year option and two franchise tags basically right now. Like, hey, we're not going to have any of this drama for the next three years. We'll basically give you like – Thirty million over three years. That's mm-hmm. our offer, but it's being couched as ten million a year, and he wants more. He should take the ten million. I agree, yeah. and the fact that he won't tells you what his mindset is. Yeah. And you saw the video of him talking about Le'Veon Bell, and he sympathized with his holdout. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think I think we're headed toward a stalemate for a AJ long time. Green or Melvin Gordon. I don't really love either of those guys. I think I have not. Gordon ahead of AJ Green. Okay, Philip, and I hate to say that because I really love AJ Green as a talent. But right, of course, I, I think I think his season is in. Real trouble. If you were in the fourth round and you were, let's say, beginning of the fifth round and Melvin Gordon's still there and you don't have a quarterback, would you take Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, or Melvin Gordon? How many running backs do I have? Uh, it's you, so two. I think I'd probably end up taking Deshaun Watson. Okay. Um, yeah. Which I think is pretty good value for round right, five. Aaron Jones, Darius Geis. I mean, Todd Gurley, the obvious bust factor is like. What's going to happen the first time he takes a hit to that? Arthritic knee. Are you sure he's going to pop right back up and be just fine, or is he going to have some pain that he's got to? I'm out on Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, and Antonio Brown. I'm not out on Brown, but I'm 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 trying to get him at a discount. Gurley, I'm trying to get at a discount as well, and I'm just not going to do it. Where okay, I would not take Todd Gurley over Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Kerryon Johnson, Leonard Fournette. Nope. Um, Somebody took Sony Michelle. How about early round three? For Todd Gurley, would you take him? Yeah, 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 for sure. Early for round sure. three, for sure. I, would I would too. I would if, take that chance, but yep. I think there's going to be. Well, would you take him over Aaron Jones? Yes. Okay. Because I'm just I'm not feeling Aaron, Aaron Jones. Jones or Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. When's the last time a guy had you know 1,800 yards from scrimmage, and now we're talking about if he's you know a round three pick? Like, when's the last is, time a guy had 1,800 right. yards from scrimmage and he came into the situation. year with one really suspect knee? I think the Rams' actions told you exactly how they feel about it. They brought back Malcolm Brown. They drafted Daryl Henderson. Henderson has looked okay as a pass catcher, and he did in college too. I was always a little bit worried about his physicality, and we started mm-hmm. to see that in the preseason. I think that there's room for Malcolm Brown to actually be – maybe he should be on the sleeper list as well with sure. a late-round pick. Not that he's done anything great when he's had the opportunity to play, but he could get those opportunities. This With Gurley and his knee, it's a pain management issue for the rest of his career. He's going to be fine for week one. I, who No one knows how he's going right. to be week two and beyond. I, I I almost like to say that there's a ticking time bomb in his knee. We just don't know when it's going to It might to have go already off. gone off. I mean, I, I would doubt that it's gone off, and I'm actually a little encouraged that he took part in the joint practices that the Rams had. Didn't take part in all of them, but he participated some. I, I sort of feel like if this was a sandbag situation by the Rams, that they like, or I feel like if Gurley was healthy, they'd be sandbagging everybody instead of being like, Propping him up and being like, oh, he's great. Like, he's, you know, like, I feel like the way that they phrase it is he is just very clearly 
going to be limited in his touches. And the other thing, too, the Rams are a good team. The Rams are going to score points. Sean McVay's offense is going to put up points no matter what. If they are up It's 10, a blowout, right. If it's a blowout, Todd Gurley's not, not getting the carries. Yeah. It's no. going to be Dan- he's he's going away he averaged 22.5 carries last year. I, mean, he's I don't a- think he's going to be over 20 very often. And no. his track record of 19 or fewer car- touches in a game, touches in a game, is not good. It's about a 50% success rate. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I would I would be very, very careful drafting Gurley, and I would not make it a point to get Daryl Henderson if you draft Gurley. I'm a, I'm in on Daryl Henderson. I, 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 want, I know you like he's I, he's fun to watch, but I just don't know if he's ready yet. Maybe not. What about all right, so Aaron Jones? Did we did we discuss Aaron Jones? We what did you, not. Do you like the Packers offense? I don't, I don't, I don't know the Packers. That's something to watch too, but I I know exactly what it is. I try to stay away from unknowns and I feel like everyone has already penciled in this offense is going to be better simply because they got rid of Mike McCarthy, which I get because they're not going to be running that antiquated scheme. I'm not sold on Matt LaFleur though. I think, you know, we were talking a couple weeks ago how the Titans were one of the most effective play action teams. No, no, no. And I, there's definitely potential for that to work out, but Aaron Rodgers has not been Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers quarterback guy that he used to be. He's still been very good. He has not been the top tier guy. I don't, I'm not ready to say because they hired Matt LaFleur, who didn't do that well in Tennessee his first year as a play caller. Um, granted, Blaine Gabbert was his quarterback for part of the season mm-hmm, and Marcus right. Mariota, so I don't want to blame him for that. But that doesn't mean there's, a, there's not much he did in Tennessee for me that I can apply and say, therefore, it's going to lead to big success in Green Bay. So LaFleur is a West Coast offense play caller. It's what he grew up in as a coach. And that's what Aaron Rodgers knows as a quarterback. That was rule number one. If you want to be the next Packers, at least play caller, you've got to be on board with the West Coast offense. And I think Aaron Rodgers will be able to run everything that he's looking for. What I'm concerned about is that running backs with Aaron Rodgers typically don't put up huge numbers on a regular basis. Here are the stats. 11 years, Aaron Rodgers has been the guy. Mm-hmm. How many of the, of the 11 years, only four times has a running back had 200 or more carries. Only five times has a running back totaled over a thousand yards. Five out of eleven, a thousand total yards, not a thousand rushing yards. And only four of those running backs have had seven or more touchdowns. Now Jones was one of those guys. And Lacey's probably one of those. Lacey, I think, had over a thousand yards twice, and I think he got over seven touchdowns a couple times. We can ask him on the telethon tomorrow. We about can. This. I'm planning on it. That's my question to ask Eddie. By the way, you can you can ask him about his diet. I'll ask him about the, <laughs> the Packers running backs. So do you love so, Chinese food? Or... <laughs> <laughs> um, we can get some delivered. Yeah. No, don't do that. Um, on top of that, we already know that Aaron Jones missed part of training camp with a hamstring injury. The last year he played without any injury at all was 2016 in college. 2018, finished the year on IR, had hamstring and knee issues. 2017, he had two MCL sprains, two separate MCL sprains. 2015, torn ligaments in his ankle. 2013, he hurt his shoulder and he hurt his rib. I tried to find what he did in high school. I couldn't find any injuries from high school, but he's got a track record of injuries. That's got a way on the line of Matt Laf- on the mind of Matt Lafleur. I don't think he's going to be an every down guy for the Packers. Mm. Here's the cherry on top, and it's a dirty rotten cherry because we're talking about a bust. The season for the Packers opens with games against the Bears, Yikes. the Vikings, Yikes. the Broncos, Yikes. the Eagles. Oh my God. Hold on. The Cowboys. Those could be top five DVOA right there. Wait, why did defenses. I draft Aaron Rodgers? What have I done with my <laughs> This is a strike against Aaron Rodgers, too, except I think he can throw against most of these defenses. The Cowboys, I mentioned. Yeah. Even the Lions in week seven coming off of a bye. I got snacks. I mean, I, you know, it's more than snacks at this point. It's right, Mike right. Daniels. Yeah, it's but they're good. Robinson. They're good against, they're going to be that's good a great run. defensive line. It's a, 
it's not a great pass rush as much as it is just a lot of beef Ooh, up front that that's is, going to be that's really hard to run. That's four or five teams at. that are good against the run. It's six teams. Six teams are good against the run. The run. All right. And it's, it, that's the argument against Aaron Jones. Okay. I just I can't draft him where his ADP is. I took Aaron Rodgers in the fifth round. I'm having a panic attack. Don't have any you f- took him in the second round in our 2016 football. I was told I had to. I was like, I don't right. want to do that. I want to draft a quarterback. I could have got Dak Prescott on the wrap. It's, ah! I keep drafting quarterbacks. I hate drafting quarterbacks. All right, we're going to talk about some some guys in the six to ten round range, maybe five to ten round range, depending on who it is. Oh, you each have a copy of these guys. Excellent. Um, I've scratched off the names we've already talked about: Justin Jackson and uh, Daryl Henderson. But let's start with some wide receivers first. I want you to. I'm going to throw out these names, and Dave, you give me a quick response, and then Sean, you do the same thing. Look, these are basically went through a list of the most viewed players and grabbed guys again. In the round six to ten range, so these are sleeper range guys. Like what you, this is these are how you want to build the. Back I would almost say this is bench. breakout range. Breakout range is a better. Yeah. Way We're to looking it. for in this yeah. range. We want to find guys who are going to have career best years. Right. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. I think they're both going to have breakout years. Ooh. I like them both. Um, both Moore's going to go yards? higher. Yeah, I think Moore's going to go over a thousand yards. Maybe he's a candidate for eleven hundred. Okay. I'm a little worried about the touchdowns just after last year, and I don't think he's as explosive as a receiver as Curtis Samuel is. Samuel's got great speed, and apparently he's really worked on his craft this offseason because he's running great routes. He's catching everything downfield from Cam Newton. I think he's going to add a real big dimension to this passing game. I like him in round six. So I'll go get DJ Moore late round five, and I'll take him first. I almost, you know what? I, I want, I want the second one of these guys, whichever one I can get a little bit later on draft day is who I want. So if there's somebody who's a little overzealous in my draft and they're buying the hype on Curtis Samuel and they're going to take him first, I'm all in on DJ Moore next. And if DJ Moore, because of the name recognition and the ADP, he goes first, give me Curtis Samuel. I've already got Samuel on a couple of my teams. Okay. Yeah, I I prefer DJ Moore to Curtis Samuel, but I would take a share of either of them. I think with Curtis Samuel, you already saw him kind of start to make the leap last year. He improved his yardage by... Quick math, four, roughly 400 yards. Yards per reception is rookie year. He had 7.7 yards per reception, not effective at all. It went up to 12.7. So you've already seen some improvement, and now the next step is becoming fantasy relevant. Right. Oh, by the way, last seven weeks of last season, these guys both averaged at least 11 PPR fantasy points per game, and it was really close. I believe it was Samuel at 11.6 and Moore at 12.0. Mm. Five out of those games, they both had 10-plus PPR points. Mm. So, so they playable. can work together. It's nice. I actually drafted, actually drafted both in the mock draft. Chris Godwin. I don't hate that. I don't hate, I don't hate that. Chris Godwin. Oh, you're not getting him in round five and round six. He's around four, right? Yeah, he should be. He's overvalued, I think, at this point. I disagree. Okay. I disagree with you, Will Brinson. I mean, look, he's a third-year wide receiver, right? He's, he's heading into it. I'm not drafting him because he's a third-year wide receiver. I'm no, drafting but I'm saying, him because like, he's, he's going to get a huge opportunity that he didn't quite get last year. He's, he's going to work in the slot. He's n- more than a slot receiver, but that's where he's going to work. And we already talked about Jameis Winston and his ability to check it down. That's something that they're going to try and do this year. I don't know how many running backs are going to be there to catch those check down passes. I don't know who's going to be any. Uh, the, the tight ends might catch some, too. I've got my reservations about O.J. Howard, sure. but I see the upside in him. I think Chris Godwin's going to be a regular target in this offense, and I think he's going to be great in the red zone. Yeah, and you also talk about the tight ends. Bruce Arians' offense don't, nor, doesn't not doesn't normally use tight ends if you look at what he did in Arizona. That's changing. That's going to change. Changing? It's he did change. do it in in, uh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, but not in He not used in Arizona. him when he's got him. And if you look at O.J. Howard in person, <laughs> you're looking at, like, one of the Avengers. The guy is just Yeah, but he's also a great blocker. So, like, I, could feel, I feel like if they're off Every line, tight end has to do that, though. Gronk blocked a ton. Evan Ingram. 
Evan Ingram it doesn't because he's really a wide receiver. Yeah. We're just kind of like you know we're getting a little cookie right. here because he gets a, a tight end designation. He I don't know if he really even should, but he is. So we're taking it. Um, I, I I've got Godwin as a top forty pick. Okay. Yeah, and no Adam Humphreys who you know to your point like nope. that's why Godwin he's will be taking on the slot. Humphrey's yeah, exactly. spot. Chris, now, listen, Chris, Chris Godwin or Kenny Galladay? Godwin. Uh, he's going to catch more passes easily. I've, I mean, I might go Galladay. But that's what when Galladay is the more fun receiver, downfield threat, real tough matchup guy. Godwin isn't a matchup guy. Someone's going to match up against Godwin each week, but it's going to be single coverage each week. And I think he's going to be able to beat a lot of that. He's 6'1", more quick than fast. He's not going to have a bunch of these breakaway plays. I think he only had four plays last year with 21-plus yards. He's going to be just a volume type of wide receiver. He's going to have a lot of games with six, seven, eight catches. He's going to average over 10 yards per catch. He's going to find the end zone a decent amount of the time. Will Fuller. You know the deal with Will Fuller. Rumor bust. When he's, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's really more like healthy or not. Yeah. If he's healthy, you're going to use him. He's almost like Deshaun Jackson, except he's almost like a more sure thing than Deshaun Jackson when he plays. When he goes out there, you, you, you know that he's not just a, a deep ball guy, but a red zone guy as well. And it's real tough for defenses to play single coverage on him when DeAndre Hopkins is also on the other side of the field. So the Texans really have defenses in a bind with him, but he gets hurt very frequently. I would take the shot on him in round seven. Allen Robinson. Pat, we're just going to pass more quickly. Yeah, I'm, I've been drafting him. Um, obviously not in the fifth, fourth, fifth round, uh, but like the seventh or eighth, I think. This is all based on, look, everyone's talking about the Bears regressing, which defensively they will. It's all about Mitch Trubisky in his, in his third season. If you look at everything they're saying, um, I believe Matt Nagy said earlier this summer that last year Trubisky was just trying to learn the offense. Now he's at the point where he's trying to master it. And is he still going to misfire downfield? I mean, that's the that's the question. It's just I think Allen Robinson is talented enough to be that wide receiver one. It's all about his quarterback. Mm, I think you're going to look at Allen Robinson on draft day and say, crap, I need a receiver. He's the best one left. I'll take him. Yeah. He went, he's going right in the range of like Robbie Anderson, Jarvis Landry, Curtis Samuel. I'd take Samuel over, over, over Robinson, but I think Robinson is a very good pick there. Sterling Shepard. Love him as a bench receiver in PPR. Average 10.9 fantasy points per game without Odell, 10.3 with Odell. So I think you know what you're getting out of him. First four weeks of the season, there's no golden Tate. Yep. Fewer mouths to feed. I think that's going to be a real good thing. So you might get off to a great start with Shepard. You might be able to trade him. Get something for him in exchange. Late round seven in PPR, I think, is cool with him. Round eight in non-PPR. Sammy Watkins. Obviously, we all know about the injury risk. But you can just say no. My, well, my, <laughs> I would say yes because my general rule is to get as many pieces of that Chiefs offense as possible. Oh, that's good. That's a good rule of thumb. Yeah, Sammy Watkins is pretty cheap to get to. Christian Kirk, Dave. I think he's the best shot if you're going to take a wide receiver from the Arizona offense. He's familiar with the scheme. He used to catch passes from Kyler Murray when they were both at Texas A&M. Uh, he's not their best route runner, but he's their best combination of all the skills that you look for from a wide receiver. He's got speed, quickness, good hands. I think he's got a shot to get over 900 yards and five mm. touchdowns. Christian Kirk or Mike Williams? Christian Kirk. And the thing is, I like Mike Williams. The problem is that he got 10 touchdowns last year. Yeah. I just think with touchdown regression, you're not going to see that. But again. could he improve in catches and yards? Yeah. Yes, he should. I, that's I, I think that's where he base. might make sure. up for it. Right. Because you're right. 10 touchdowns, it's preposterous. But right. let's, seven uh, touchdowns and 800 yards, that's not bad. Let's rip through some running backs and we'll get out of here. David Montgomery, David. Love David Montgomery. I really think he's got a chance to break out as a, as a, uh, Top twenty. Oh, did type you guys both back? know that you're Bears fans? I'm not a Bears fan. 
You're not. Well, you grew up. A Bears I grew up in Chicago. I'm not a Bears fan. But you anymore. were a Bears fan. Right? I was like a decade ago. Until you started, between, yeah. like, when I was a, when I was a child, I rooted for the Bears in Super Bowl twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. my dad was there. Your, my your, dad, my grandfather went. And they your brought me journalism. Uh, no, not really the journalism. It's fantasy. Is no, it, not really the fantasy. Just hate the bears. I'm not going to say why. I'm okay. All right. There's a microphone in front of me. Well, I'm oh, okay. Um, I want to hear this off microphone. Yeah, then he's really, yeah. really hates the McCaskey family. Um, the uh, Rashad Benny. Wait, did you finish talking about David? I, I I think he's a candidate for a thousand total on eight, and I you think and that I, might be doing FFT. You and I are both high on him. Yeah, he, he's, he's a late round four pick. Don't worry about him. And I think that there is a chance he finishes with better numbers than Josh Jacobs. Ooh, I like it. J- I'm Ray? still taking Jacobs. First. No, I mean, so, so I'm the Bears fan here. I was saying this with Jamie yesterday. I'm not high on David. I I love David Montgomery in real life football, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to add a lot to the Bears' offense. I just don't know. I'm not confident in the touches because. Why would they take Tariq Cohen off the field in terms of um, catching the ball? Um, I think if you look at – so there's like, what, 250 carries that Jordan Howard's leaving behind. So I think Montgomery's going to get the carries. I'm still just too afraid of Tariq Cohen there. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think you're going to see a lot of the time where both of them are on the field. Yep. What ended up happening last season is that 70% of the snaps that Tariq Cohen played were pass plays. That's right. tipping your hand to right, the, defense. Right, yeah. the defense has a key. They can't do that when David Montgomery's in the backfield. They, they, from week one, Sean, they have to account for David Montgomery in that backfield. So they can line both of those guys up. Both of them can catch. Obviously, Tariq Cohen's faster, but David Montgomery is the pounder. And I think when they get inside the five, more often than not, they're going to unleash David Montgomery. I think he's got, I think he could score a touchdown a week with this team, especially considering that they've got a good offensive line. They've got a question mark at quarterback and their defense. You say there's going to be regression. I don't know how much regression there's going to be. I think this defensive unit is one of the best in football and it's one of the DSCs I'm actually reaching for on draft day. I will take them with my fourth to last pick. Mm. I think they will be a very good defense. I hope everything he said comes true. I hope not. I and I am really, <laughs> truly, genuinely to, not a Bears fan. I will have I to delete not. Twitter. Sorry, I didn't accuse you of being a Bears fan, Dave. Uh, Rashad Penny. I am all in on Rashad Penny this year. I like grabbing him in a mid-round. Like You can get him around eight or round nine, or round seven, round eight, round nine, whatever it is. I, I don't know that he's going to just take all of Chris Carson's work, but the idea that like if something happens to Chris Carson and Rashad Penny takes over, he would be an absolute monster and a league winner. Um. I'm getting a little cold on Penny. Okay. I'm not feeling it. Um, that's why I'm. That's why I'm hotter on Penny. That that's okay. Uh, I would. I would. Everybody's go, cold on. Him. I wouldn't go until round eight on Penny. And there was a time this this off season where I was thinking round six on him, but I just think Chris Carson is just such a better back at this point. Just so familiar with the offense, they know what they want him to do. I think he might even be the better pass catcher than Penny, which sounds crazy because Penny was a really good pass catcher. But I I think he's going to end up being the guy that. Is, is a change of pace, eight to ten touches per game. Carson's going to get the rest. Carson's going to be preferred at the goal line unless they're in no huddle. I'm, I'm taking, let's put it this way. I'm taking Carson late round two. I'm really excited about wow. his potential this year. And, and the reason why these running backs are going to catch more passes is so Russell Wilson doesn't get sacked as much as he was last year. He was sacked a ton. They're going to get rid of that by checking it down, dumping it off. Both the running backs are going to catch 25 to 40 balls. I think that I just think Carson has more upside as a runner and the guy that they prefer to have in the game. I almost got Chris Carson in round four of my draft. I had to settle for David Montgomery. You should have gone Carson. No, no, he wouldn't. You got David. Oh, Montgomery. you got right. Yeah, yeah. I hope um, I took him. I hope that was me who took him. No, it was not. This is for Debo. Miles Sanders. What do you think about Miles Sanders? Debo, you want to jump in here? 
No, he's, he's saying no. I, I think Miles Sanders will be good for the Eagles. I just don't know if it's going to happen in the first couple of weeks of the season. I think that Philadelphia, it's documented. Since Doug Peterson has taken over as the head coach, no running back has had 1,000 yards. No running back has had 900 yards in this offense. They like to use multiple guys, and it makes sense. If Honestly, if I were a football coach and I didn't play fantasy football anymore, I'd probably do the same thing. And that's typically what <laughs> coaches do until they find that dynamic talent, until they find their Saquon Barkley, their Ezekiel Elliott, their Christian McCaffrey. And I, I don't know if Sanders is exactly going to be that guy, but he's the closest thing that the Eagles have had on their team who could be. So I like spending the late round six capital on him, but not to be my starter right away. I don't think he can start for your fantasy team in weeks one or two. <laughs> but by the time we get to October, it wouldn't surprise me if he was a top 12 fantasy running back because if he's dominating touches in that offense, he's going to be very good. That's one of my favorite offenses to get pieces from. I would also point out, too, that like when we talk about the running backs that Doug Peterson's had, we're not looking at like this killer list of high draft picks or guys. Like who are, Corey Clement. And like, right, no, yeah, but they, did, they yeah. did acquire Jay Ajayi. Um, a, a lot of the guys that you, you would think about are guys that they either either got cheap in a trade or via free agency or were undrafted, and they tried to make something with Ajayi. They actually spent some capital to get, and for what it's worth, they spent draft capital to get both Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. I think it's a good combo for the, them. The I think three, that's a really good. The combo. three running backs who've had over 100 carries under Doug Peterson are Ryan Matthews with 155, yep. Garrett Blunt with 170. That's another guy they spent capital yep, on, not one, draft capital with but. 173, and then Josh Adams with 120. Um, and all those guys, I mean, look, n- none of them. I mean, look, if you have 120 carries, you're just not going to dominate. But I, I think, I don't think you draft Sanders and give him less than 200 carries, unless he stinks. If you say, well, if he stinks, he stinks. Yeah, I mean, like if he stinks. He's- and I, I've watched every snap he's had this preseason. He looks good to me. The only thing he's missing is the top gear breakaway speed. Debo, thumbs up or thumbs down? Sanders, one Over. thumb up. But your face isn't very excited. He's like David Montgomery. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He's he's faster than David Montgomery, though. But like, impact no wise, is how I view him. Like yeah. I think in real life terms, he's gonna be great for that offense. I don't know if I'm starting him in fantasy or maybe no, to your point. At least I not will, the I'll start David Montgomery in fantasy. Right, right. No, you're obviously higher on him than I am. Sure. But that's how I look at both. Yeah, those you're guys. a pessimistic Bears fan. <laughs> that's yeah. true. Well, can you blame me? No, yeah, not no, at all. Uh, and finally, for me, Jalen Samuels. Yeah, I eight think, I think you're overboard. I think you're overboard on this. You said, was it yesterday you said he's going to have more touchdowns than Antonio Brown? I did say that. I said that today, too. It's my bold prediction. Well, that's not happening unless James Conner wins the Powerball. They're going to be receiving. You think he's going to catch eight as a receiver? 20? I don't know if he'll catch four he as a receiver. He caught three as a receiver last, last year. Yeah, well. On 29 targets. Sure, but. Three touchdowns on 29 targets. The, the first one, I know for sure. Now. I know for sure the first one he caught was on the same drive James Conner got hurt. Listen, look, look, 6.9 yards per target, 89.7 catch percentage. He's very reliable receiving the He's ball. catching short passes out of the backfield. He's going to have a 7.7 7 yards per reception, three touchdowns on receptions, uh, zero rushing touchdowns, 56 carries. He is going to be a PPR starter from day one, and he will be a guy that catches a bunch of touchdowns and has, I think, ultimately closer to 50 targets this year. So what round are you taking him in? I can get a dirt cheap. What round are you taking him in? Uh, are you going to take him in round because eight? Because I like round him if nine, you get him. Round nine or round ten? I'm really only targeting him if I get James Conner. And at Would that point, Jalen I'll take Samuels him in or Michelle McCoy? Oh, I might have Samuels ranked higher. I'd have to actually check my rankings on that one, but it's really close. Royce Freeman or Jalen Samuels? I, I'm going to, I, I'm, I, I would not be invited to Royce Freeman's house right no. now. 
Like that's nice how guy. down I am on him. Um, all right, we got meetings to get to, more podcasts to plan, parties to have, drinks to drink. So we haven't eaten lunch, food to eat. Uh, anything else to add, Dave, before we get out of here? No, uh, I hope everybody has awesome drafts this weekend. And uh, if you have any questions for fantasy, hit me up on Twitter at Dave Rich. And remember, when you're watching the games this weekend, keep an eye out for injuries because that's how you can steal somebody if your draft is happening during the games on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. Shout sure. Kareem Hunt. That's really big for those drafting on Sunday morning. For sure, 100%. Yeah. So make sure and check cbsports.com slash fantasy for all the fantasy updates from those games. We will talk to you guys mañana. Mm-hmm.